Amen. Grab your Bibles. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 1. We're going to be dealing with just one parable uh, this evening. One parable out of Luke chapter 18. verse The first parable, uh, verses 1 through 8. So Luke chapter 18. As we turn in our Bibles there and we'll begin reading in verse number 1 and then we'll pray. And he, Jesus, spake a parable unto them. Now, them is the disciples. He's been teaching the greater context, is teaching them about the coming, back, coming of Jesus Christ and the return of Christ. So, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man, And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. I just pray that your word would speak tonight, that it would be clear that you would guard my mouth, that you would guard my tongue, Lord, that I would teach your words and nothing else, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would work and that we could understand your word better and do what it says. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have you ever given up on something? Okay, we start things and then we stop. Well, it may be you tried and said, you know what, when I was a kid, I tried to learn an instrument or I took language classes in high school and I got so far in that and then I said you know what maybe two months two days two years whatever I got so far I got maybe a level of it and then I stopped I I tried out that diet I tried out whatever there's things all in our lives that we've tried to do and then we've quit we've stopped Maybe it's a commitment, or maybe it's a habit that you are trying to break, but it seems like there's no use, you'll never get over it, there's there's just this impenetrable obstacle, nothing is happening, no matter how hard I try, I can work at this instrument, I can try and try and try, but it seems like no progress is being made. We've all been there. You see, it's really hard to keep going, it's really hard to keep... um, persevering to being persistent when it seems like no results, when there's nothing going on, when there's uh, no reward at the end. It's just you're going in circles. I can't get anywhere. Why am I, why am I even trying when there's no change, when there's nothing being achieved? It can be easy to lose heart and say, you know what? I, I just, I'm done with this. I can't go on. And once you've lost heart, okay, you may still be trying, but once you said, you know what? This, this just isn't working out. You know what? Is it, is it really worth it? You know, once 
your heart is not in it, how long is it till you quit? Okay? You start that new project. And you're really excited about that. And then... Mm, mm, and once your heart's not in it, it's either, you're like, you know what, I'm done with that, or I just can't wait till it's over. I just can't wait till it's done. It's, 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 it's going to be good. But you know what, there's stories galore. There's so many stories through history of those who have lost heart or quit just before the battle is over. Just before they see the victory just before they get what they were seeking. There's how many stories, if you like American history, Old West history, how many stories are there, true stories that we can look up, where somebody went in and they were looking for gold, they were looking for silver, they had all this desire, they had all these great dreams of what was going to happen when they got this, when they, when they hit that big strike, and they thought they had it. And they were digging and they were going and they were going and nothing was happening. They had that initial, I found something. And they're going and they're digging and they're, they're pouring their sweat into it and they're, they're going after it. And time passes. And they stop. And then, true story, there's a story called Three Feet to Gold. Where he stopped because he didn't know what he was doing. He had gone. He poured all his money. He poured all his friends' money, all his relatives' money into this. And he stopped. And somebody else came in. It's like, we know there's gold here. Three feet later, he found it. Seriously. It's a true story. You can look it up. Or how many battles in history. I, I love military history where the commander just, he, he was there, he had won it, and he wouldn't pursue. He just wouldn't keep going. We went to the, the men's bike ride. We went to the Battle of Antietam, the Antietam battlefield. And General, if you know Civil War history, General McClellan had the battle won three times and stopped and wouldn't pursue and wouldn't achieve the ultimate victory. He quit. He gave up. See, I mentioned the context of this passage is the return of Jesus Christ. In chapter 17, the Pharisees and the disciples are asking him, what are the signs when, God, when Jesus will return? <coughs> Excuse me. What are the signs when the Son of Man will return? When will the kingdom come, etc.? So Jesus is teaching them about that in chapter 17. In chapter 18, he says, until that day... Until Christ returns, you need, there's some, here's some things of how you're going to live for me until I return. So Jesus is teaching a parable. Sometimes, uh, through the Bible, it just says, and he taught parables. This time, in, in recorded scripture, what God wanted us to know, he gave us not only as Jesus teaching a parable to his disciples, it's given to us why. He's teaching a parable. The instruction that is trying to be communicated. This is what Jesus is teaching. Verse number one. And he spake a parable unto them. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's the purpose. That is the truth that Jesus is communicating to his disciples. That we should keep on praying 
and not lose heart. That's what the word faint means. It's not just, oh, I have a fainting spell. Okay? It's, it's, Jesus is talking to fishermen. He's talking on spiritual things. Not of, okay, you bunch of weaklings, you, uh, you're going to faint. No, he's talking about their heart. What is going on on the inside in the spiritual matters. And in the spiritual matter, that's what faint means. To lose heart. To step back. To become discouraged. To not press forward. He says, you ought always to pray and not to faint. That we should keep on trusting God. Keep on seeking God. Because God will deliver. So how did Jesus communicate this truth? How did He seek to teach the disciples? He teaches a parable. Now, we've come across many parables. A parable is a story that uses illustrations. It is something that... It's not a fable where animals are talking to each other or something like that. But it does have a point. It's a made-up story that has a heavenly meaning that God is trying to communicate. It is something... It's an illustration... It's, uh, it has metaphors and similes like this isn't, it isn't a real judge. It isn't a real widow lady, but it is a story that Jesus is using to communicate the truth that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And so this is what, verse number two, saying, there was in a city a judge. So we have a city. That means there's people there. That means that there's a buildings there. That people live there. They work there. There's um, trade going on. There's people living their lives there. We have a city. More than likely, what we would call, especially as New Yorkers, a village. Okay? But it's a big enough city that they have their own judge. Now, what is a judge? A judge was someone who was supposed to see that justice was done in the city. In the, now, this isn't talking about a judge like from the book of Judges, where um, God set up in the Old Testament Israel certain judges after Joshua and Moses passed off the scene. There was judges who would rule the land and lead the armies in battle. That's not this type of judge. This is more of a legal judge. Also someone who would teach the law to the people of the city. He would teach God's Word. And there was issues about the law. There's people. Where there's people, there's problems. And so there would be a judge there, and if it was small matters, they would come before the judge, and they would say, this is what is going on. And he, according to the law of God, would judge the situation, say, this is what's supposed to happen. And there were special commandments set up in the law about how the judges were supposed to behave. They were supposed to be honest. They weren't supposed to take bribes. They were not supposed to look at someone's circumstances and say, well, I know you're really poor right now, so I know you stole, but because you're poor, I'm not going to judge you. No, he was to put God's word exactly the way it was supposed to happen. He was supposed to judge honestly. And there was also specific commands in the Old Testament law that the judge was to care for the fatherless and for the widows, that he was to take special care of them. Okay? The disciples would have understood this. There would have been a judge in their town. Alright? Often at the synagogue, it would have been a Pharisee or someone like that who knew the law of God and was supposed to help people as they lived their lives, settle disputes, etc. But, 
we have a special judge in this city. The, Jesus says, there was a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Okay, now, in the Old Testament law, what was commanded again and again was to fear the Lord thy God and to love the Lord thy God. That don't fear the gods in the land, fear the Lord thy God. Fear God. This judge means he didn't have any, yeah, there's God, I'm going to do my thing. There was no... There was no reverence of God. There was no respect for the things of God. There was no saying, well, God determines what's right and wrong. I'm supposed to just simply pass on what God has already said of what is right and wrong. I'm a judge. Yeah, there's God. No fear of God. He did not fear God. And he did not, neither regarded man. He didn't care about what happened. If it didn't affect him personally, he didn't have re- the proper respect owed to people. You know, this, the word um, regard also has, was, is used in, the, in, in your Bible this way, of, of a son to a father. Proper respect that is owed to people. That you treat people the way they're supposed to be treated. That you care about what they are going through. You care about the person. You try to take care of the person. He was self-centered, shall we say? He cared about the judge. Now, why was he this way? That isn't the reason of the story. We, here's the story. There's the city, and in the city there's a judge. Okay, that's normal. This is a special judge. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about people. But somehow, he's still the judge. He's there, and it just so happens that this Wonderful guy had someone who desperately needed him to be something other than he was. There was someone who had a problem who couldn't take care of it themselves. There was a widow, verse number three, and there was a widow in that city. She wasn't judge shopping around. That was her town. And she was there. She was a widow. That means she didn't have a husband. Widows were normally poor, right? Okay? They didn't have the husband. They didn't have the family to provide for them. Now, that's not specifically said there, but there's a widow. She doesn't have a husband who can take care of the case. Uh, She doesn't have someone. um, I know um, even in our family, uh, when we were at college or whatever, if someone was bothering one of my sisters, guess who? The brothers would go and say, hey, this ain't going to happen. If here in the city we're at the park and someone's picking on my little brothers and sisters, hey, one of the older siblings step in and say, hey, this isn't going to happen. You're going to walk away right now. We're not dealing. Why? There's somebody there to step in and help. Okay? She's a widow person. Widow lady. That means there's nobody there to step in and help. She doesn't have the husband who would ordinarily take care of this situation for her. And she has been wronged. Why do you say she's been wronged? Well, she says, avenge me of mine adversary. That means there's somebody who's against her. Okay, an adversary it has either someone who's uh, an enemy, a wrongdoer, someone who's coming against her. Or it also has this idea, someone who's in the courtroom against her. A prosecuting attorney is what we would say today. Someone who's there and is against her and is 
doing what he can to defeat her. Okay? That's, she has an adversary. And so she's coming to the judge, who, by the way, it was the judge's responsibility and jurisdiction. If there was something wrong going on in the land, it was his responsibility to pass judgment on it. And she's coming and saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge. Now, when, when we think of avenge, we think of the avenger, the someone who's going to come and I'm going to make wrongs right. And you, you did something to me. I'm going to do something to you. Okay, that's not what's being talked about here. Okay? What's being talked about, avenge me, it, this is what it means. It means to procure justice for someone. To grant justice. To make the wrong right. She couldn't take this into her own hands. She was taking it to the one who was supposed to be in control of the situation. The judge was supposed to be the one who would um, say, this is right, this is wrong. You're taking advantage of this poor little late, widow lady. You're not going to do that anymore. You're going to stop this. You're going to make retribution, etc., etc. That was the judge's job. The judge was the legal voice in the town. He was the final say. So she has an enemy. Someone who was, had wronged her. Obviously, unjustly. Because she's going, she's going to the judge. She isn't like, judge, don't, don't look for me. She's going to the judge and saying, judge, will you take care of this problem for me? Judge, there's something that's come up. I can't deal with it. It's your job. Will you deal with this problem for me? She comes to the judge. Avenge me of mine adversary, please. You see this little little lady walking up to the judge? She comes into his office. Please, I have this. And she begins to explain the whole problem to him. He's fiddling with his pencil. Okay, okay, I'll look into it. Have a nice day. She was ignored. Okay? Ed, why? Verse number four. And he would not for a while. So there's time that passes. He ignores the lady. She has a problem. There's someone against her. She needs help. He comes, she comes to the right source. He doesn't care. It's not his problem. I don't fear God. I don't regard man. And that especially means you, widow lady. Because there's nothing you can do for me. He didn't care about her problem. And he wasn't going to do anything about it. Now, would you agree with me right here? It would have been very easy for this widow lady to lose heart and say, he's never going to do anything about it. Nothing's ever going to change. I'm going to have to put up with this for the rest of my life. Nobody's looking out for me. He's the one who's supposed to be helping me and he doesn't care. He's supposed to be defending me, but he's ignoring me. The problem is still here. What does she do? Well, we're not told what she does, but we're told what the judge said. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually, continual coming she weary me. When he ignored her, she just kept coming back. 
So there was a day she came. She poured out the whole problem before him. All right, I'll get to it. She came back the next day. Well, have you done anything about it? No. When will you get to it? My calendar's really full right now. I'll see when I can cram it in. The next day, she, she, it says, she troubleth me by her continual coming. So, the next morning, she's there on his doorstep. Little widow lady, let's just pretend she has her crutch. Okay, she's sitting on his doorstep. Out, she, out comes the judge out of his house. Hello, judge, are you going to help me? Ah! He walks to his office. Lunchtime. Click, 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 click. Hello, judge. Are you gonna, you gonna take, you gonna avenge me of my adversary? The, the bad guy's still there. You're supposed to take care of him. Dinner time. She's waiting on, he's waiting on his doorstep as she walks into apartment. Judge, he's still there. You're supposed to take care of it. And continual troubleth him. This judge is starting to lose his hair, okay? He's starting to wake up with the little lady in his dreams. He's starting to have nightmares of this little lady coming to him and saying, are you going to avenge me of my adversary? I'm not making fun of her, but she's coming and she's talking to the judge. And she is continuing to come to the judge. Why? He is the one who's supposed to deal with the problem. He's not. She keeps coming. Every day. She stops by his office. Every day, every time he's in the market, he can't, he can't go anywhere without turning around and seeing, oh, here she comes again. And this little lady, or it isn't little, this widow lady, that's what she is in the text, is pursuing this judge. She is troubling this judge. She is wearying this judge. The literal meaning of the word weary is to blacken the eye. Okay? This is someone just punched you in the eye. But it has this idea, just being completely worn down, being worn to a frazzle, just absolute, he can't get her out of his mind. Everywhere he turns, the little voice is in his mind saying, are you going to avenge me of my adversary? Judge, you know what you're supposed to do. Judge, you know what's right to do. Take care of this problem for me. She is wearying him to... This, to bring someone into submission by constant annoyance or wearing down. Today we call it this, nagging. She's there every time he walks out the door. Every time he's in his office, she's there. She said, he's going to take care of this problem. I'm going to keep going until he does. Finally, the judge is so worn down that for the sake of his own sanity, right? For the sake of his own sanity, here's what he said. Though I fear not God nor regard man, I haven't changed. I'm still this lousy judge who doesn't care about the things of God, who doesn't care about this people, and I definitely don't care for this widow lady. Okay? I definitely don't care for this widow lady I I haven't changed. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continually continual coming she weary me. 
It's gotten to the point where I'm just going to deal with this situation. I'm going to pass judgment on this. I'm going to take care of it. We don't know why he waited. We know why he waited. It was because he was unjust. We don't know if he was, you know, we can use our imaginations, but that isn't the point of the story. If there was something else going on, Jesus would have told us. Jesus is saying, this is an unjust judge. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about his fellow beings. He definitely doesn't care for this widow lady. Yet because this little widow lady was on his doorstep every day, that she was there, she was persistent, she was persevering, she, she wasn't quitting. She was saying, this judge has to take care of this problem. I'm going to make sure he takes care of this problem. Finally, this judge was battered into submission. He gave up. He said, I'm done with this. I don't want to hear click, 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 click anymore. I don't want to see her anymore. I, I'm not changing who I am, but I'm sick of this. I will avenge her. I will pass justice. I will make sure this happens. She received justice because she persevered. She kept going. And she got what she was looking for. She got the judge to give her what she needed. But see, Jesus wasn't telling the story for laughs. Saying, man, she got, she got the best of that judge. That's kind of funny. He had a purpose and a truth that he was trying to instill in his disciples. What is that truth? Well, he said at the beginning that men ought always to pray... And not to faint. So he's not done with this. He tells the story. In verse number 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. That's Jesus' calling of the judge. That's what he says. This judge was unjust. He was not a good judge. He's not a good guy. We don't look to him and say, Well, that's what we all want to be like. He was an unjust judge. But he said, hear what he said. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth. If this widow woman could keep seeking the help she needed from this unjust judge, why do we stop seeking God's? avenging hand when sometimes it seems like God is not listening. You see, Jesus is teaching this that men ought always to pray and not to faint. To not lose heart. He's saying, hear what the unjust judge said. Now sometimes, Jesus told parables of comparison. Okay? Talking about the Pharisees and the, the men who kept the vineyard, who killed the servants and killed the prophet. That was a parable of comparison. Comparing the Pharisees to the keepers of the vineyard. This is a parable of contrast. Okay? Sometimes you can tell what you're looking for by seeing what it's not. Right? Jesus is comparing... I'm sorry, not comparing. He's contrasting. I'll get that right. He is contrasting Himself... With the unjust judge. Because who is the judge? 
of this world. Is it not God who is the judge, who is a righteous, the righteous judge? And he's saying, if an unjust judge can be broken down to the point that he'll do right, not because he changed, not because of anything other than this little widow woman battered him to death till he would take care of it. Won't a righteous God take care of His children? Won't a righteous God, when we... By the way, do not we have an adversary who is constantly against us, who also in the court... The Bible refers to the devil as the accuser of the brethren who is accusing us before God and constantly trying to um, show us for the sinners that we are. But we are under the, if we are saved, we are under the blood. And God is the righteous judge who, when we simply come to Him, you see, God loves and cares for each one of us far more then we can understand God is the righteous judge, which also means that He is the one who is in control of the situation. He is the one who we are to come to with the problems and the um, trials that we are going through because He is the one who is going to say, this is right, this is wrong, He's good. God is the one who deals out justice, not ourselves. Not saying, I'm going to take care of that. God is the judge. He's the one who says, this is right. This is wrong. God is the one who can say, I will avenge my children because I will do it in justice. I will do it in what is right. God is the one who will, has promised that He will take care of the wicked things of this world. Take care of the devil. There is a day when the judge, God will judge everything in this world. God is the judge. And God is a good God and is always good. He will meet out Justice for His children. Because God is a righteous judge, He will pass down judgment. Not necessarily the way we see it, but He will do what is right. And the Bible says here, He says, Shall not God avenge His own elect? This is talking about the children of God. Okay, this Once again, this isn't talking about God, predestination, all that. This is talking about God's children. Those who have been saved by Jesus Christ. Those who belong to God have a right to call on God. And God will take care of His children, which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them. Sometimes, God takes longer than we like. Sometimes, as we're praying and we're seeking God's face and saying, God, there's... There's this trial I'm going through. I don't know why I'm going through this. There, there's an adversary against me. We know this is true. That uh, we, God, what are you going to do about this situation here? What are you going to do about my coworker? What are you going to do about my job situation? What are you going to, God? I need you to take care of this situation. Sometimes it takes longer. God will bear along with us. It has the idea of patience. Because sometimes the work that God has to do is us waiting on Him and us enduring the time so God can build us 
to what He wants us to be so God can remove things in our lives that need to be removed. But this story is about the judge. Okay? God, Jesus here is teaching His disciples and saying, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. That the time is going to come that God will judge for His children. He will mete out judgment. He will take care of the problem. Remember the context is Jesus returning. That was 2,000 years ago. We're still waiting on Jesus to return. But often, unlike the widow lady, we can lose heart when we don't see God fix the situation. When we don't see the hand of God rushing in and everything as we pray, there's the power of God in our minds. And everything is perfect. It's coming. It's, it's great. Where Sometimes it's more. Where is the hand of God? What is... God, why aren't you fixing this problem? But see, God is the righteous judge. I believe that's one of the major points of this passage. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Okay, Keep seeking God. Don't lose heart because God is a righteous judge and God will take care of the situation. God, if an unjust judge... God's, remember, Jesus is contrasting here. If an unjust judge, this little lady, she kept after him. He finally gave in. He finally took care of it. God is a righteous judge. God loves His children. God will speedily avenge His children. So, so because the fact that God is a righteous judge, because the fact that God cares for His children... Don't faint. Don't lose heart. You ought always to pray and not faint because of who God is. Does it seem like God is not answering your prayers right now? Does it seem like God will never deliver you? What is going on? There's, there's, there's the adversary. There's this trial that I'm going through. I don't know what's going on. God is the righteous judge. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. God is not trying to put you through a torture chamber. Okay? God is not sitting up in heaven saying, How long can he hang on? Okay, now I'll... Okay? That isn't what God is doing. God is a righteous judge and he will speedily avenge, he will speedily take care of of the problems that we bring to him as his children. Is not that what the text says? So because of that, we ought always to pray and not to faint. You are never going to weary God. So keep calling on God. God isn't going to be, here He comes again. Oh, I guess this time I'll have to do something about it. No. He's saying, look look at what it said in verse number 7. Shall not God avenge His own elect which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. 
when God returns, when the return comes, will we have lost heart? There's only one way that we will lose heart. And that's when we forget that God is the righteous judge. And that He does hear our prayers. That He will take care of the situation in His time. When it seems like evil is winning in this world, keep trusting God. God will mete out judgment. God will take care of the wicked. The time is coming that God will take care of them. But we just need to keep seeking God. Because God is the righteous judge. We cannot lose heart. When it seems like that trial in your life will never go away, keep praying. Don't lose heart. Okay, this is not a message. This is not a call. Jesus is not saying, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Keep going. It'll all be right in the end. Everything will be fine. Just keep going. No. This is a call to remember who God is. And that God has promised to meet the needs of His children... It will just happen in His time and not ours. Men not always to pray and not to faint. He's teaching His disciples here. He's like, if a little widow woman can keep after an unrighteous judge, why can't God's children keep after a righteous God and seeking after God. Though it seems He bear long with them, though it seems like everything around, nothing is happening, I'm not... Jesus here isn't promising that you just if you just keep God one thing, everything will be perfect. Well, there will be one day when Jesus Christ rules on, from in the city of Jerusalem and we are in heaven with Him. There is that day coming. And God will judge the wicked. But even in this life, as we are here today, as we are looking at what we need God to do in our church, in our personal lives, He is teaching His disciples, if you're a child of God, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, that He is the righteous judge. And we ought always to pray. We ought always to seek His face and not faint, not lose heart, because God will Deliver us in His time. God will deliver us in His time because God is the righteous judge. Don't forget who God is. When it seems like nothing is happening, when it seems like God isn't working in your life, God is the righteous judge. Seek Him. Don't stop. Don't lose heart. Keep seeking after God. Keep Praying, God will avenge His children. He will mete out justice. He will take care of the situation. So don't lose heart. Trust the righteous judge. We ought always, it's necessary, it's right. We ought always to pray and not to faint. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,